Hi, I'm Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to the Pantheon Network. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. The Beatles were one of the most successful bands of all time, and critics loved them as much as their fans. Lucky for music fans, they also kept tons of recordings in their archives. The Beatles Anthology was a multimedia project that included a television documentary series, a book, and three double albums that included outtakes, rarities, demos, and even a couple of new tracks that Paul, George, and Ringo recorded with some unfinished work by John Lennon. In this episode of Prisoners of Rock and Roll, we're going on a magical mystery tour with one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, the Beatles. So get ready to twist and shout come together and experience the music of the Beatles anthology. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Prisoners of Rock and Roll, episode number 67. My name is Bruce Kramer, and I'm so happy to be talking about the Beatles today with my good friend and my co-host, Mr. Ryan McCusker. Are you rocking? Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCusker's Tavern and Boldfoot Socks, and we're so happy to be part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. What's going on, brother? I'm rocking, dude. Having a great summer. How about you? Awesome. I'm all right, man. Yeah. So we, uh, you know, tell our fans we wound up, obviously, we wound up taking another week off. Um, oh, yeah. We had some scheduling stuff. I mentioned in the last episode that my wife got hurt, uh, was on crutches, jumping out of the back of my truck uh, after trying to put some stuff in. It turned out she 
blew her knee out and tore her ACL and her meniscus and is having surgery the next uh, one early next week. So got a lot of shit going on at the home front. So it'd take a little extra time off, but I am really sad to hear that she hurt herself, man. And, uh, you know, I, I wish her a speedy recovery. Yeah, man, it's going to be a long road back, but, uh, you know, she's, she'll, she'll tackle it. And, uh, you got to tell her that to yourself. Cause we, we had, a. that's right. Yeah, you got the you came over my place last weekend. We hung out. We watched some music videos out by my fire pit in the backyard, and the warden was there. We heard all the, about warden, the warden was there, and I must add that I brought your wife flowers. You did bring my wife flowers. They're on my dining room table in a vase right you now. Know, they were from Shoprite, <laughs> but you know, the warden did not bring her flowers. He brought a six pack or a thirty pack. Right. Yeah. He brought a 30 pack of PBR. And then, I mean, the fans that were like, you know, the paparazzi trying to take pictures of him, but just trying to sit oh, in my backyard. God. It was so you know, annoying, just, man. It was bigger it really than is. the Sean Penn Madonna wedding. <laughs> people asking him for autographs and just, it never stops. You know, but people asking when he's going to be back on the show and, you know, and the girls, the girls will oh my God. never stop asking about him. It's crazy, like the drones flying overhead, taking pictures of them and uh, dropping their bras over out of the. It's you know. unreal. It's, yeah. it's, almost, I, I do get, it's almost like we're making it up. It really is. But I do get people asking all the time when the warden's going to be back on the show. It's remarkable. We he was him. saying, yeah, he was saying he went into the bar the other day and everyone was going crazy that the warden was. There. He said the blue meanie was sitting at the bar and was like, hey, it's a warden. No. He goes, I'm the warden. We do have to get him shirts or we have to get a little like a, a jingle or something we can play with like all the other little uh, sound effects we have. But we have we have so much room for him on our show. You know, not we'll, that we'll, much. Uh, we'll work. <laughs> no, but we'll work them in. You know, I would love to have just a uh, little thing a week. Every like episode to have like a thought, geek thoughts with the word in. Wacky weekly warden. Whacking off with the warden. I don't know. Well, whacking yeah. off with the warden. Now that sounds like <laughs> Rob Sally. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got something in the works, man. We're talking about getting him back. He's on a the great show guy. Sometimes. I mean, we yeah. only pick on because we love him so much. Right. Of course. Right. But we don't love Kate Bush. We talk about, well, that was another no, thing. Yeah. You know, people over my house and uh, yeah, as everybody had a couple beers, it was like uh, people, Kate Bush came up and a lot of people were like, I'm with you guys. I don't get Kate Bush. Yeah. And, so I was um, talking your your buddy Jim, and I know mm-hmm. Jim's son listens to our show all the time. Yes, yeah, he does. And uh, I'm pretty wondering what he thinks of the Kate Bush sound with you know the Stranger Things and everything. So if he's listening to this, I want to hear his side of it. All right, yeah, right on, man. Yeah, if he's listening, let us know. All right, so the Beatles. This was uh, you brought this up. You wanted to talk about this, and I uh, love you know, you know I I always from the day it came out the beatles anthology the beatles anthology was a tv series that was released thanksgiving week of 1995 and along with this tv special it came out with three albums and it was all rarity outtakes and live performances and uh new songs you know it and i i feel like it it, it could be a great conversation that uh, maybe even some of the biggest Beatle fans haven't heard some of this stuff we're going to play. It's really cool. And it came out a couple of years after the live at the BBC album 
the double Which album and i love that because if they yeah the beatles were so into american rock and roll and their yeah. early stuff is so clearly influenced by like buddy holly and the all the cool stuff that we talked about you know we did an episode on the music of the 50s or i love that era of rock and roll and it's just yeah. so cool to hear you can i mean shit it's not even hearing the influence they're just they're just playing the songs right they're just covering well, you that know, stuff. you have to you have to think though at the time it was an original idea you know and then like you know now we're like you know 60 years from you know the records and they've been ripped off so many fucking times and re people rip off their songs and recover them and right but the beatles at the time i mean guys like buddy holly there were you know that was rock and roll that it wasn't was the beginning you know, of rock, rock and, and roll right rock and roll was all yeah. around for a couple of years so they were so influenced by it that they were covering these bands and until they kind of found their own sound that is i love that live at the bbc album i love the um the just the dirtiness of it and the you yeah. know just and then so a couple of years later on the wakes of that or they said in like 89 the remaining beatles and yoko ono started talking about like Hey man, we want to do a documentary about the Beatles, but it's the Beatles writing the Beatles story. And it just kind of turned into this thing. And it's, I mentioned in the monologue, it's really cool that they kept so many of these recordings. They had a giant company backing them up. So tapes was, there was, you know, endless, endless tapes, you know, like, and I'm sure there's rooms filled with beetle outtakes these are just some of them we're going to show or we're going to listen to but yeah i could see them being in vaults with air conditioning you know and the and the tapes it's interesting because when i was looking into how they made this and they were saying that the tapes were they're not allowed to leave the abbey road studio because yeah. they don't want them getting bootlegs. So when they wanted to listen to things like, hey we're, what are we going to do or the producers or everything else they all had to go to them it was no yeah, none of that shit now we're like i'll email you the file and you work on it and when they were cleaning it up and they were editing it they were like um they refused to do anything they had to use the techniques that were around when the beatles originally recorded so they said like when they wanted to clean up a song if they wanted to add an echo they would have to set it up with like a tape delay or they would play the original recording in a big room and then record it with an echo they were like we're not going to do any of this technology stuff like we want to yeah. be as true as we could. I just thought That's it was great. really cool. Yeah, it's really neat. Yeah, I, I never thought of that. Like, you know, right. um, you have to give it up to George Martin. George Martin was the producer, engineer, brains behind the whole recording aspect of the Beatles. He, like, challenged them to, like, make better songs every time they were in the studio. To a point where at a point where they didn't want to work with them. The documentary of the making of Sergeant Pepper with George Martin, when he's like uh he's sitting at the soundboard and he's playing the songs and he's moving yeah. the the different guys up and down on the board. I don't know. He talks for five minutes about the last note in the day of life, you know, like that one. Oh, oh yeah. The, the, and it was yeah. so I was like, I am I'm like, I fucking was eating that up. I'm like, this is so cool. I yeah, I love listening but, to him talk about recording and music. And he does a lot of it in the anthology. He breaks it down, you know. He was losing his hearing. Jeff Lynn from ELO did the production of like the new songs and all that he other kind of did stuff. A great job. I mean, uh, he he did. And I don't particularly like Electric Light ELO, Orchestra, but I, why, yeah. but I like I like his producing skills. He yeah. did all those Tom Petty recordings and he did uh 
the traveling Wilburys. He's a traveling Wilbury, you know. We started off the show with a cool rarity of a live recording of Twist and Shout. You know, you hear Paul in the background of like live, like, come on, let's get it. You know, a lot of recordings are that of, of Paul talking in the background, John explaining things. You know, I we're going to so we're going to listen to some cool shit. Yeah, man, there's a lot of really cool stuff in here. Like there's some covers, there's some, um, you know, the uh, early versions of some stuff. And you're right. Sometimes it's just them just shooting the shit, talking to each other. Yeah, like you like you said, like just shooting the shit and you know, making ideas and but that's the cool shit that's caught on in the studio. That's all the what the fans want to hear. You know, they want to hear a, a outtake of Can't Buy Me Love with John like making fun of something, you know. I do anyway. There's a track on there called We Are Four We Were Four Guys. Let's start with that and then right into that will be the day. Let's start with the John Lennon talking about the Beatles. All right, here we go. This is only 12 seconds long, and then we'll go right into that'll be the day. We were four guys that uh, I met Paul and said, do you want to join me band, you know? And then George joined, and then Ringo joined. We were just a band who made it very, very big, that's all. I love that. Yeah. And that's the Corey man. Right. You so know, that's a what, real early. Yeah. You could hear, dude, I bet it was like on two live microphones. And they caught it with like two live microphones. You can hear everything like echoing in on it. You hear the natural talent of John's voice. Like, and they're like teenagers here. They're really young. Yeah, that's like 1958 that they record that. Yeah, they were and just young lads. Yeah, and that's when they're considered a skiffle band. And skiffle was like yes, real early folk music, like bluesy kind of stuff. I mean, the recording, it almost sounds like we did that blues episode and we're listening to that really early historical uh, yeah. blues stuff. It sounded like that. I, I love and it. Yeah, I love it, too. There's another Corey men on our playlist. In spite of all the danger. Can we play right. that? Uh, yeah, man. Here we go. In spite of all the danger, the Corey men. Amazing. There are such natural um, harmonies. They were like the, the, the forces of nature, the, the stars aligned, and John and Paul found each other. You know, and we talked before about like, you know, too, have the Beatles really like held up? Yeah, you know, like people that are into rock and roll now, like, you know, the damn kids today. I don't think a whole lot of them listen to the Beatles, but I, I love this early stuff. But, you know, I love that early 50s rock and roll no, sound. We're, we're such 
historians of rock and roll, Bruce. <laughs> right. Wow. We're socialites it's and responsibility. historians. It's our responsibility. You know, absolutely. Yeah. I, I love going back into the history of music and, you know, I love this stuff with the bad uh, <laughs> recording qualities and everything else. Yeah. I don't I mean, mean, like it's, the, the, it's, it's great to hear these original recordings and they were a band before the Beatles and, you know, they were the quarrymen. And if you watch the anthology documentary, they have the whole like first episode is about them, like, scrounging the band together you know getting pete best out of the band and hiring ringo and there's a lot more demos of the quarrymen on the anthology disc one if you want to check more of the quarrymen out and it's important to note that you know the anthology project covers their entire career so there's early versions you know the when they get when they stop becoming the mop top guys and they get into oh, yeah. like the LSD era, there's early versions of all that stuff too and we'll get to some of that but it's just oh uh, yeah we're gonna get to all that stuff just really cool and you know man before we move any forward too it's like yeah like we were working in the record store when these all started coming out and like it was huge and how big that was and you know i will get to the um the new the quote-unquote new songs that came out but like how big of a deal that was that the the beatles were like you know i remember like making sure i was sitting in front of my tv when that video came on when phrase of bird came on oh yeah me too me too. I mean, I think, that, you know, I always knew who the Beatles were. I mean, I was, we were like teenagers. I wasn't even 20 yet when this came out. And uh, it really gave me all the information about the Beatles I, I, I ever wanted to know about. Let's play Free as a Bird. This was a song that John Lennon wrote after the Beatles were together. And Yoko donated the the tapes to the Beatles. Well, didn't donate. She got her. She got her money for it. Absolutely, but she let them record a new song on top of it, just like um, Natalie Cole did with her father. Unforgettable. That's what the. That's what they did. Um, yeah, free as a bird. All right, here we go. Here's a little bit of free as a bird. I'm torn with that song, man. I have moments where I listen to it and I'm like, this is so friggin' cool. And I, I also have some times where I'm like, yeah, I like the quality of the John Lennon recording is just not that good. I, I think it's more cool hearing when McCartney comes in. Yeah. Well, I believe it was like a four track recording that they used, Bruce. It was know? a mono. No, it was a mono track. The, okay. the, well, the Lennon was on a mono track, so they couldn't even like separate the vocal. Right. I, I totally understand why it I sounds, think he sounds i think he sounds ghostly yes it's it's, yeah, it's haunting yes. man it's kind of haunting yeah. yeah that's a great way to describe it yes yeah you can tell that that like how they built this that is i thought it i thought it was very tasteful and beautiful you know yeah um and this was the song so george martin you're right he produced the project but he didn't 
he didn't do this song because he was losing his hearing. But he also did another song, Real Love. Before we finish on Free as a Bird, the video was super cool because it was a bird, you know, like flying. It was a and it flew uh, like the history of the Beatles. Yeah, and it was flying like by Strawberry Fields, and it was like yeah. making all these references to other songs and all this other kind yeah. of stuff. And again, it was. You know, it had been 25 years since the Beatles were still it was like or something huge. came out, right? John, yeah, you know, John Lennon had been yeah. dead for 15, yeah, 15 years. So it was still kind wow. of it wasn't ancient Newer. history. It just All seems right. like it just seems like uh John's been gone my whole life. Like I don't even remember him being alive. Right. We were four when he when he yeah. was murdered. And yeah. I mean, also too, at this time, there were always the rumors that they were gonna get back together with one of the Lennon, one of Lennon's kids too. Yeah. I think that would have been not tasteful. Yeah. Oh, and it was also, and then when this came out, that went like through the roof that they were, everybody start that. jumping the gun. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hear real love. And, all right, here you go. Real love. This was the other like quote unquote new song that came out of the anthology. That sounds more like the four of them are still in the room together. Okay. But I like Free as a Bird better. I think it's a better yeah. song. But I really do like Real Love a whole lot. Um, it was released on Valentine's Day of 1990, 1996. I just remember it coming out and just totally was like, wow, they really sound like the Beatles. Yeah. yeah. And again, I mean, they were hyping that like, holy shit, there's a new song from the Beatles coming out and you have to be there to hear this. Well, when you came over Saturday, I was talking like I was bringing this up. But like, remember when these came out, man, we got all this awesome like promo stuff in the yes. music store. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> some I don't know. This popped in my head. Ran. It's been 30 years where some dude came in and was like, I want all these Beatles posters. And you were like, we'd already agreed you were going to take them all. Yeah. And the guy was like. I want to, I'll, I didn't know I'm a customer. I demand that you give this shit to me. And I'm like, sorry, man, yeah. somebody's already taken. He's like, and he whoever it like, is, I'm going to, I will, I'll do Beatles trivia against the person. Yeah. yeah. And we were like, we're going to take this shit in the parking lot and burn it. Right. <laughs> just yeah, to I watch was, this guy cry. Right. I was like, I'll just, I'll throw, I'll light it on fire in the parking lot. Like get yeah, out. I would, but, I would have been all for that, but I have, I still have all that promo stuff. I don't think it's worth any money or anything, but it's cool to have. Yeah, man. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But yeah, they All were right, the what, song, they were the newer songs. We're, we're cool, you know, whatever. Let, let's hear something from Paul McCartney talking about the Beatles. Okay, what do you got? It's called First of All. Here you go. And then we'll go right into my Bonnie. Okay. First of all, we made a recording with a fellow called Tony Sheridan. We were working at a club called the Top Ten Club in Hamburg. And we made a recording with him called My Bonnie, which got to number five in the German hip parade, but <laughs> it never, it didn't do a thing over here. My
is awesome. You got you yeah. talked about this in the Beatles versus the Stones out uh, episode yeah. we did, I think. But it's just like they brought that song alive. You know, I think that's the only reason it was a hit because it was it was swinging the way it was because because you had those you had the Beatles backing them up. I I don't know who's playing the drums. I think it's Pete Best playing the drums, but it's swinging. Pete Best actually got royalties off of this too out of this project so it was like oh, the sure. first time it was like the first time they you know like i think um sutcliffe got i think he's on like one track he got a little bit too but yeah pete best got he did a, you know he got a, a nice chunk of change like he didn't yeah, you know, he didn't make beatles money but he got no, he got paid no no they they used his likeness you know name and of course he hopefully got something he dude like i said in past episodes pete best is a great drummer but Ringo makes a better Beatle, you know, it, then that's what it all came down to was like a, a personality, a, a cartoonish look that, that, that Ringo had, you know, they were trying to make, you know, a boy band basically. Yeah. They, they all, they all had the look, right. They were, you know, everybody, everybody had a favorite Beatle. Everyone had a Beatle that they thought was the best looking. On this anthology, uh, they have uh, some great live performances on there. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from live Prince Wales Theater. Uh, she loves you. And they really okay. bring it. Yeah, here you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Here you go. One, two. She loves you. Awesome. I mean, it shows you how great of a rhythm section they were. Like Ringo is a fucking hell of a drummer. I'm not taking anything away from him. He's amazing. He really brings it down. But then you hear George's live guitar in concert guitar solo, you know? No, you know, there's a lot of live recordings out there of the Beatles, but not like how good quality the anthology had. Part of this project, too cuts all that bootlegging off right there like there's yeah. all you know, people that were beatles fans man there was shit was flying all over the place and this is before the internet and everything else but oh yeah the there beatles was all were kinds like, of bootlegs there was all yeah. i think the reason they put it out because they were tired of hearing shitty bootlegs of right. things so you we'll know? do the good recordings and we'll get paid for it much like you mm-hmm. were saying when you're over my house saturday about like the dead like putting out the dicks picks and from the vault and all that other stuff yeah. And the Beatles are are famous for even now, like still closely con- controlling their image and making sure they're getting paid. And yeah, you know, like oh, they were never yeah. on Spotify and shit like that for a long time. It took them a while. It was like a holiday when they fucking joined Apple. Yeah. Remember, it was yeah. huge. Yeah, because it was all royalties negotiations and everything else. So if nothing, they were also incredibly savvy business people. They had a smart guy. Brian Epstein was was the brains of the outfit you know, he yeah, got go, them their fame go they back were, and listen to the it. episode we did on the stones versus the beatles we talked about brian epstein a lot 
and how things change, how much things change after he passed away. The band changed after he passed away. They went in a different direction. They stopped touring and shit, you know. Yeah, it kind uh, of ran into the ground. It kind of they that's where it, it went off the rails for them. It was like right before it Let It Be and It did. It was right before Sgt. Pepper, I think. Yeah, you're right. Right. But Let yeah. It Be was where it yeah, it was they they had and then they hired that dude that also managed the stones and the guy was yeah. responsible for like screwing up both of them. I forget. He was one of our first shit bags of the week. I forget what his name was, <laughs> but I'll look it up when we're playing the next song. Um speaking of the next song. Yeah. Um there's a great version of Can't Buy Me Love. It's like an outtake. Yeah, I mean that's the that's like um, the band playing as a pack, and then taking the pack as a recording. They're like scratch vocals that they're using before they put the real vocals on top of it. So that's why it doesn't sound like the, the vocals that you're used to hearing. I, I think it's cool, man. I, I think that's cool why I like hear. it so much, right? Because it's not. Um, they had there was always a high level of production. Like the Beatles yeah. sound was always very glossy. You know, George Martin was a genius and everything. I I just I love this little bit of a dirtier sound to them. And, the, and that's uh, what this anthology does. It shows the kind right. It kind of peels it back a little bit and you get to see this stuff. Alan Klein was the guy who managed yes. the Stones and the Beatles, who was also always rumored to have something involved in having Sam Cook murdered. So um, we talked about him a lot at the yeah. the Beatles versus, you know, hey, we'll give him a shit bag a week again because he was a real turd here. Yes. Shit bag of the week. Dun, dun, dun. He basically, after, <laughs> Epst after Epstein died, he, he managed the Beatles and kind of drove them into the Let It Be project and pushed them so hard where they were already showing some cracks around the edges. And they basically broke up and, you know, said he managed the Stones and the Stones wound up suing him because he was like stealing money and just... Not a, a good dude in rock and roll. Yeah, total mess. I remember Linda McCart uh, Linda McCartney's father was like doing Friends something with their finances and shit. Yeah, and yeah, Paul it was like was trying to get them. Right. Yeah, Paul was trying to get him the manager. Like, get out of here. We're not. We're not doing that. Yeah, yeah. I think him coming into the band's business affairs was a big reason why they started to get all messed up too. Yeah. But yeah, we covered we talked about that for at length in that episode. So let's just keep on rolling, man. Keep playing some songs. Yeah, play all my loving. Oh, this is great too. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. <laughs> That 
That was the Ed Sullivan show, bro. The hear him in the beginning of it. Their career can largely, to me, you know, like there's there's two double albums of like the retrospective of their career, the red album, yeah. the red double yes. album, the blue one. And like, yes, the red one is like it's brilliant in how simple it is. And the later stuff is brilliant in how complicated it is. Yeah. And it's a bit they're almost they're almost two different bands. I've I've always found that amazing to me how much their well, sound changed. You know, I think they were very influenced by the Beach Boys using the studio as an instrument, you know, and they had I think Paul was more um hands on to be experimental with the studio. John was just too busy. He was just too lazy, too busy doing drugs. You know, Paul, Paul was like the one being experimental in the studio, like later on. But, you know, let's hear one more song off the first anthology. Okay. Um, eight days a week. This is a good recording. Yes. Here you go. This early right. stuff too, man. I mean, these songs are all two and a half minutes, three minutes long, right? Yeah. They're hooky, they're catchy, the lyrics are memorable, they got a little bit of harmonies in there. They they just wrote the perfect pop song at that era. And they were like the originals of doing it. You know, every you know, now you hear it's like, oh, that sounds like eight days a week by the Beatles, like like a thousand songs out there. You know, but to have the original idea, that's it's groundbreaking, man. I totally agree. Um I'm getting more fired up as we're listening to this. I was like, man, they were they were so fucking good. Yeah, dude. I mean, the anthology is really if you want to learn the history of the Beatles, sit down and rent the whole anthology. Take the weekend and watch it. Listen, you'll you'll learn so much, you know, Um, you know, the next anthology, the second one came out and that was a little bit more of them doing the real popular songs. This is when the Beatles start doing um, You Gotta Hide Your Love Away. Yeah. You know, that was a big one for them. Um, let's play that. One, two, three, one, two, three. Hold on, hold on. Now, I'm just going to raise this so as it's nearer the bass strings than the top string. Paul's broken at last, broken at last, Paul's broken at last, at last, at last, he's broke today. Okay. One. Oh, you ready? Okay. One, two, three. One, two, three. Here I stand, head in hand, turn my face to the wall. If she's gone, I can't go on, feeling two foot small. Everywhere. People stare each and every day. I can see them laugh at me. That's one of my favorite tracks on all the me anthology. Too. 
Um, yeah. And I was listening to this a lot when I was just doing shit around the around the yard the last couple of weeks because I love that one you get to hear them kind of talking to each other right there. Yeah. John's kind of breaking the stones like oh he broke a glass broke a glass broke a glass and I it, I think he's doing that to keep like the recording tech stuff going. Yeah, he call he calls McCartney Maka. I don't even know what that is. Maka was like you know McCartney's like nickname M A C C A. Oh, okay. It's like a short for McCartney. So they calls him that. And then they just rip it into that song. And it's like, you know, there's no track overdub. They're doing that live. Yeah. But that's how, you know, they recorded then. It wasn't like they recorded a few instruments at a time. No, they recorded as a pack. Right. Right. They're in the room together doing their thing. It's just, it is. And I think that's what I think what's so special about the anthology. It's like the closest thing to an unplugged. Uh, uh, unplugged Beatles or uh, an Elvis in the boxing ring Beatles. Yeah, especially, I mean, some of this later stuff, too, that was they got so complicated that they couldn't perform it live. So hearing the kind of uh, the stripped down versions of it is really cool. Yeah. You want to hear really stripped down version of something? Um, I would love to. This is an outtake that they did of Paul McCartney's yesterday. This is really good. Yeah, here you go. Okay, man. <clears throat> Yesterday, all my troubles seemed so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay. Oh, I believe in yesterday. Suddenly, there's a shadow hanging over. It's cool, right? To hear yeah, all this I mean, stuff. Because you can hear the um the heavier the the heavier strings on the guitar. You can hear them vibrating as he's plucking them and yeah. the, you know, the shit that they would cut out and produ- they they smooth out in production. Yeah. Yes. I and I That's I, the I, cool I, shit, man. Yeah. I love you that know? about acoustic guitar. I love the sound of yes, that the hands going over of the strings. Yeah, the vibration of the hands just scratching on the uh the way the strings are wound. And him talking about it, like what key he's in. And then again, he just drops into it. and Off you go. And it's an amazing song, you know, and it's nothing more than just Paul and the guitar. It was so different for the Beatles at the time. You know, they were saying, oh, we should release this as a McCartney solo album. And Brian Epstein was absolutely not. They are the Beatles. And that is it. Okay, it's a Paul song. John has his songs. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Right. And they always had, I mean, they had that through their whole career. They had their own songs that they wrote or they sang and everything else. And they always credit each other, Lennon McCartney, on every mm-hmm. song. Yeah. You know, there's a great live version of Help on the anthology. It's from 1965. And uh, John is really funny at the beginning of it. Uh, they're playing some theater somewhere. Yeah. It's really yeah, let's cool. Hear it. Play it. Let's yeah. hear it. Let's hear it. Next song you'd like to sing? John! It's all right, okay. It's our latest record. <laughs> or our latest electronic noise, depending on whose side you're on. Any road, we'd like to carry on with it. It's the last number. We'd like to thank you all for being so wonderful. <laughs> and it's called Help. One, two, three, four. Help. 
I'm laughing you know, as I'm listening to this because I we say it every episode about the headphones, but I'm like, man, like the listen to those harmonies with the headphones yeah. on, or you can just hear the the bass in the background. I just yeah. <laughs> dude, it's a shame that nobody could hear them because they were such a great live band. You know, the girls are screaming their asses off and nobody could hear them playing. They were such a great live band and nobody could hear them. We talked about that before that they basically um, they got they outpaced technology like PA systems and shit like that. Couldn't keep up with the crowd noise. Yeah. Like, you know, so you'd go like they largely stopped touring because you couldn't hear them if you went and saw them. But that, yeah, that was their big thing. You know, nobody's listening anyway. Everybody's screaming. You know, we're not safe. You know, and that's, I, I think that gets lost too. Like, it's, I don't know, man. I don't know if my kids understand, like, as much as my daughter is into rock and roll, like, how nuts everybody went over them. Beatlemania, brother. Right. Beatlemania. Yeah, it's, just. Uh, yeah, you hear the shrieking in a couple of these songs at the beginning. It's like, and you can barely hear the band. Well, that's what they were playing, like Shea Stadium or something. They were playing on the field, and obviously you couldn't hear it from the field. They have to play it through something else. And they're playing through the baseball stadium's PA system. Right. Which you know, sounds how like shitty that shit. sounds. Right. You know, hmm. times, times, times have changed. You know, they, they totally came up with bigger speakers for live bands to play after the Beatles, you know? So they were kind of groundbreaking playing these big shows like they were. Uh, dude, they were groundbreaking in so many different levels with the songwriting and what George Martin did and the how complicated their recording was. And yeah, man, it's just the, the, the business aspect of all their shit and build it, you know, starting Apple to control everything. And yeah. yeah. You know, like I love the song tomorrow never knows and there's a there's a great version of it on the anthology let's all hear right it. let's listen to it I love that. It's a great, it's great stripped down. It's nasty. It's gritty. You know, because that song, starting yeah. To use, they were starting using the studio in a different way. Right. Because that song, the final's got a lot of strings on it and it's real like uh, Middle Eastern sound. I think there's a yes. sitar layered into oh, it. I'm sure George was Middle East, was, was way into like um, sitar music at the time. Yeah. But it's cool that hearing this a little bit more stripped down, but it's still got a ton of like distortion going on and shit like that. Really, dude, if you listen to that and then you go listen to like the final version, it's super cool to hear it kind of like how it's all coming together. That's why I think this is great. I think that's why I, you know, I wanted to show our listeners all this cool shit they'd probably never even heard. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear it kind of come together. And uh, it's like a little history lesson. You know, within you can go listen to this and then go fire up the uh, the ver the out al the album version and see how yeah. it's evolved. It's really cool. 
Yeah, you want to hear something really cool? I would love to. You know the song I owe Nor Rigby. Yeah, of course. Well, on the on the anthology, they have the strings version. So they have a version of there of just the orchestra of the strings, like the the cello or other string instruments yeah. are using. Can we listen to that? Yeah, man. Here you go. I would have to look up like when like were they one of the first rock and roll bands that started putting like orchestral kind of stuff into their music i i have, I have no fucking yeah, I don't idea know. I just i don't yeah. know I, I being a music fanatic that i am i can't really think of something maybe the beach boys did something i'm sure just how ambitious that is to go from that you know the quarrymen, like four dudes, you can be there. They're on some little tiny ass stage in a nightclub somewhere. To the, all this, you know, we're gonna have like cellists and all this other kind of stuff. Yeah. It's again, super cool. But it's all how, George Martin. You know, yeah. before the Beatles, George Martin made his name off of recording symphonies. You know, so he was no stranger to strings. You know, like that. In early rock and roll, like the complexity comes out of like harmonies and then you're like oh we're gonna bring a whole friggin' orchestra i mean just how ambitiously uh, large the beatles got with all their stuff you know like just all the different sounds and pushing the envelope all over the place they had endless time in the studio they were this huge project you know whatever the beatles wanted how much time they wanted they got you know and not every not every band has that luxury that's a good point too, right? Like you hear like the story of Springsteen doing like Born to Run and he's like, I'm running out of time in the studio and got to get it done. And the bus is waiting out front for him to go out on the road, right? Like time yeah. is money and all that shit. And yeah. at this point, the Beatles were so big, they could do whatever the hell they wanted. Yes. Waste but, as much time as they wanted, you know. But even band, But they were know. so into recording though. They didn't waste much time. And they recorded everything. They they everything. recorded and kept everything. They, whoever was in charge of knew knew what they were doing when they kept everything. Well, like so, this project they said like when they they went through the archives and they're like, okay, what do we what do we want to think about working with? And they had six hundred songs, and Jesus. like and out of that they they came up with the three double albums. So it's like you know, who knows are we ever going to hear that other stuff? Well, actually, they're they're working on something now. I think what gave me the idea for this show. Is they're doing something else again, like Free as a Bird and Real Love. They have another. Really? Oh, I haven't heard what that. I heard. That's what I heard. But hmm. who knows? You know, it could be just the internet lying to me. I don't know, man. I mean, Paul and Ringo are both in their 80s. But the fans want it, bro. The fans want something to like hang on to. And the, the biggest Beatle fans will be like, oh, this song sucks right off the bat because blah, 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 blah. blah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, shit. I, I would, you know, I would listen to it. Fuck yeah, I would listen to it. Yeah. All right. 
What else you want to listen to? Um, this version, it's uh, I'm Only Sleeping, which is another great song. This is a great I'll take. Everybody seems to think I'm lazy. I don't mind. I think they're crazy. Running everywhere at such a speed. Till they find there's no need. There's no need. Please don't spoil my day. I'm miles away. And after all, I'm only sleeping. It's great hear another version of it it stripped down acoustic versions of songs are some of my favorite versions of music too you know i hear that song like that and it really reminds me of like elliot smith you know uh elliot do are you familiar with elliot smith i'm i don't think so he's a very he's um has a cult following singer songwriter he passed away years ago. He was just a heroin addict, um, but he was a great singer and he was a great guitar player, like just okay. like what we just heard. But I always uh, love how John sounds on that record. It's a it's a different kind of song. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I'm, lo- I'm looking at Elliot Smith's Wikipedia pages. They're talking. I'm like, oh, I'll check him out when I'm at work tomorrow. But his music sad as shit, dude. Don't get okay. me wrong. Yeah, he had a few songs in like. He had a song in the, the Royal Tenenbaums movie. Yeah, said and, Goodwill Hunting, some other shit. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I like hearing uh, different, ver- like reinterpreted versions of songs and yeah. all that kind of stuff, too. Let's hear something. Now we're getting into the part of uh, Strawberry Fields Forever. This yeah. version of it. This version of it um, from the anthology is great. Let's hear it. Yeah, the demo version. just a demo it's magical it's such a complicated song or you know there's such a not complicated you know there's so much going on in the final version of right strings and it's so i don't know man some of their later stuff is so polished sounding that song especially is very polished after they got through with it to hear a stripped down demo version of it like that it was magical right off the bat right off the bat it was magical i think i i like that I think I listened to the first anthology when it came out, like front to back, like all the time. But as I've gotten older, I'm like, all right, the later stuff, I like hearing these more stripped down, yeah. more, I don't know, like the, uh, the more naked versions. I'll call it that since the Beatles did, you know, the Let It Be Naked remix. Yeah, it's just, I like hearing the, uh, a little bit of the polish stripped off. Well, I got a bunch of other ones that are what you're talking about. Um, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm keeping the show moving, sir. Um, a Day in the Life was one of my favorite songs. And, yeah, you've said this before. You know, it's a magical song. Great version of it on the anthology. Let's hear it. 
Have the mic on the piano quite low, just keep it in like maracas, you know. You know those old pianos. Versions five minutes long. I could play the whole thing on the show. No, it's a saint. It's a. It sucks so we only can play thirty seconds of music to get away with it. But particularly the Beatles. I suggest everybody listening to this shit. You know what I thought was really cool? You could hear the alarm clock. Yeah. You know, like oh yeah. Right. They're winding it up, and it goes off yep. for a couple seconds. Did you notice how John Lennon counted in? He goes, yeah. "Sugar plum fairy, sugar plum yes. fairy, yeah, yeah. boom, boom, boom." And the echo, you know, the echo as they're talking, as they're getting ready. That that is an incredibly complicated song that if I'm right, I don't think they ever played live because it was so complicated. No, I don't. No way. No way. Uh, It's a shame we couldn't continue listening to it because they they get to the countdown part and it's just John counting numbers down and gets to the Paul part. Amazing recording. If you really love the Beatles, you could really get into this anthology. This, I mean, these really complicated songs, right? They had to start somewhere. So they would play these rough cuts and it'd be like, okay, we're going to fill it in with all this other kind of stuff. And I don't know. I feel like we're saying the same thing over and over again, but it's just, it's so cool to hear these rough versions of everything. Let's just keep on playing songs, bro. All right. What do you play, want? Play uh, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Yes. Sergeant Pepper is my favorite Beatles album. So I'm enjoying hearing this stuff. It's cool because that, like, you know, all the strings aren't there and all that other, yeah. kind of, you know, it's a, it's the band and there's a harpsichord in there and the maracas and a little bit of distortion. It's the idea. It's the idea fresh. Let's keep on moving. It just, like, I don't want to, like, explain because it explains itself. Right. We could, well, you could sit here and do 20 minutes on every one of these songs. I mean, right. You could pull Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds apart in a million different directions and break yeah, it down. I'm not going to do that. I'd rather play other songs. Like, here, well, listen to this. Listen to this. Um, you said one of my favorite parts of Sgt. Pepper, the album, is when they do uh, the reprise of Sgt. Pepper at the end of it. And they have a great version of it on the anthology. It's like, a, I'll take. Sergeant Pepper's only heart puppet man. Hope you all enjoy the show. Sergeant Pepper's 
love the little guitar licks in there. Yeah, that's so rocking. That album, that album is groundbreaking when it came out. There's that that album, Sergeant Pepper, just blew my mind as a kid. Like being a teenager, finding that, and uh, just holy shit. Yeah, I, you know, maybe if anything, it's a little played out, or even it's a it's a little bit too pumped up. You know, I I, I think a lot of songs are great on the or on on Sergeant Pepper. But you know, I think some of the B sides are killer. Yeah, like Mister the, the uh, Mister Kite song. Mister Kite, I love "Lovely Rita Meter Maid" is one of my yeah. favorite Beatles songs. Yeah. I don't know, man. I like I, when I was in high school, the guys I hung out with, I guess a group of them really got into like "Dark Side of the Moon." A bunch of kids got really into "Jesus Christ Superstar," and yeah. I just I got into the Beatles. But I was also mm. the one not sitting in my room drinking uh, cough bottles of cough medicine and smoking weed <laughs> either. But I just I just thought it was a great album. I was like, this is just musical perfection. But yeah, I was the same guy. I yeah. was the same guy. You know? Yep. Yep. Let's hear uh, this version of Fool on the Hill demo. All right. I'm going to fire this up and go take a piss. The man with the foolish grin is sitting perfectly still. And nobody wants to know him. They can see that he's just a fool. But he never gives an answer. But the fool on the hill sees the sun going down And the eyes in his head see the world spinning round I love um, demos. Paul definitely played a piano. He, it's I never really liked that song, but I love that version of this song. It's really, it's just Paul and the piano, you know, and he, and he's singing out the parts that he hears. So he's like, la, da, 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 da. you know, it's, it's an interesting recording. And they're so, their music is so complicated that, you know, the, at some point, all these started with an idea in somebody's head. You know, <laughs> just like, oh, and I got this idea. We're going to have a harpsichord and strings and we're going to have a clock. But that's what he was doing. He was like singing the part that he heard. Right. Like, You're just kind of feeling it, it out. Right. You're just it, yeah, very oh, roughly. God. Amazing how he caught it on tape. Let's talk about one more song and we'll take a break. All right, let's do it. One of my favorite, 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 favorite songs is Across the Universe. This is a, a take that didn't make the album. This is just a take two out of uh, the recording session. Let's hear it. All right. As they slip away across the universe, pools of sorrow, waves of joy are drifting through my opened mind, possessing and caressing me. That's cool because there, there's a, it's not as raw, right? The, the sitar is in there. George is playing the yeah. sitar. That's, dude. I think that is my favorite Beatles song. Is it? Yeah. I, it, it's just, it, it's, a, I don't know. I think I said it before, but it's magical. 
I like that stripped down version a little bit more than I like the yeah. studio version. Yeah. I like all these versions, the, the studio version, because I, I played the studio versions out. Uh, you know, so many times, right? You know them inside and out. and That's why it's cool to play these for our listeners. But, you know. Yep. But, yeah, let, this is a great point. Take a break, my friend. Yeah, man, that sounds good. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the third anthology album, and then we got some second thoughts and some feedback and some music news and all that kind of good stuff. So we'll be back. Stick around. Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by McCuffer's Tavern at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia. There's something for everyone on the beer list and the jukebox in McCuskers. It's minutes from the sports stadiums in Philly, making it a great place to stop by for a few drinks before or after a concert or a game. Come see for yourself why everyone from Philadelphia Magazine to Playboy has called it one of the best dive bars in the city. Visit them at 17th and Shunk Streets in Philadelphia or on Facebook. That's McCuskers Tavern. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order 
plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. So before we get back into the show, though, I am so happy to announce that Prisoners of Rock and Roll is sponsored by Boldfoot Socks, man. I so I started going back into my office a couple of days a week after you know working from home for three years, and I've been really proud to be rocking a pair of Boldfoot socks when I go in the office. They just look good; they're comfortable. Yeah, you gotta you gotta look the part when you're styling in the office. Yeah, baby. Anybody who hasn't seen you in three years, so uh, yeah, you know, I'm just happy to happy to have them on board they're good people they make a good product they support veteran charities i really encourage everybody to go check them out at boldfoot.com dude people love socks i mean i never knew how until you know boldfoot i never realized how much socks are in style it's like a little bit of bling right without you know being you know i i gotta dress a certain way when i go into work you know i gotta i can wear jeans but i gotta wear a button-up shirt or something so socks are a little bit where you can you know, be a little, be a little flashy, have a little bit of you style. Look good. And yeah, got to look the a, part and you know. they do a good job. All right. We're back. Thanks so much for sticking with us. But uh, yeah, man. So we got, a, we got one more album left that we're going to talk about. And I think you said you had a song you wanted to come out the gate hot talking about. Well, I think it's really interesting. Um, I think one of the most rocking Beatles songs is Helter Skelter. I think this is a very stripped down version, if I'm correct. Yeah, Which I is, love this version. Yeah, yeah let's I really to like this. Yeah. Very it's totally it's really different very bluesy yeah i like that a lot yeah it's very cool especially hearing the other verse in my whole life mm-hmm. to uh i never you hear the words and like wow it really is a blues song you hear right it. and that and that song kind of got front and center a little bit more because the one chick from the manson family was just paroled yeah. and you know all that shit comes up again and him trying to be a musician and writing helter skelter on the wall and everything else what an asshole yeah another uh, hang on <laughs> shit bag of the week dun, dun, dun. manson i think we kept we sent one of his songs the electric chair one time too yeah what a joke we should put yoko we should send a yoko on our song the electric chair this week <laughs> it sounds just like that <laughs> oh my god uh, Buck. I mean, okay. Beatles had a had a funny side to them. I think "Obladi Oblada" is a great fucking song. I don't. I, I have some vision remembering that you don't like the song. Um, it's okay. It's like it's just a little too goofy for me. But yeah, well, here, let's play it. Let's now talk about it. Takes it back to Molly waiting at the door, and when he gives it to 
I like that. I, yeah, I'm not a yeah. I'm not a it's huge smoother. Fan of the it's smoother than the the uh, the album version. The album version's really choppy. Yeah, there's, it's smoother and there's a, like less going on, like less layers yeah. to it and stuff like I that. I think it sounds like a Wings song more than a Beatles song. It's it's very contemporary. I don't know. Now I've been waiting patiently all show to show this demo. This is the best demo on all the anthologies, and it's while my guitar gently weeps. Let's play. All right, here. While my guitar gently weeps, I look at the floor and I see it needs sweeping. Still, my guitar gently weeps. I don't know why nobody told. George is so underrated, man. Yeah, it's interesting because Clapton, you know, because the Clapton stuff is all stripped off of it. Yeah, I mean, that is a great demo. I don't think anybody really hears it unless you know about the anthology. I think that's the one of the best Beatles songs, and it's not a John or Paul song. Right, it's a George song. Yeah, I think the real Beatles fans can appreciate the George songs a little bit more because there's not many of them. Would they give George a song album? You know, and he and he wrote the best song on the fucking album, which while my guitar gently weeps. He was definitely overshadowed. Yeah. He was definitely overshadowed by the other two. What else you got? I uh know it's goofy, but there's a great recording of Rocky Raccoon on here of the yeah. anthology. Let's yeah, go. Here you go. Yep. He had come, equipped with a gun. To shoot off the legs of his rival His rival, it seems Had broken his dreams By stealing the girl of his fancy Her name was McGill And she called herself Lil But everyone Okay yeah, Rocky Raccoon, the White Album. It's fucking yeah. great. Yeah. Bass is really I, heavy in that. You know, if you like the White Album, these are some of the best songs on the White Album. Um, there's not really a version of uh, Happiness is a Warm Gun. I wish there was an outtake of that, but there wasn't on this anthology. But what are you going to do? Maybe Anthology 4. Yeah. Let's go to the next one. She came in through the bathroom window. She came in through the bathroom window. Yes, she did. And here we go. That's very, way more. I'm, it's very cool to hear another approach to the song. Yeah, it sounds like a Steve Miller band song or something. It's like yeah. way more like just mellow. I don't know if that's how the song originally was. And then they pumped it up. I don't know. Hmm. 
Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Yep. Oh, darling. It's another cool outtake. Yeah, we got a couple more songs to play. Here you go. Here's the Anthology 3 version of Oh, Darling. When you told me. When you told me. That's really fun. Yeah, I like the vocals there. Yeah, they're they're a great team. They're like Batman and Robin. Get back. Great version of that on Anthology. Yeah, this is like the end of the Beatles. Getting to the end of it, yes. Yeah, the end of their career. Here you go. It's cool. Yeah, I Billy Preston really brought them back the fun, you know. Did you know he uh just brought the Beatles back to life? If there was a fifth member of the Beatles, it was Billy Preston. Yeah, that song it doesn't have this it doesn't have the same vibe as like I don't know, man. I don't know what the it's, fuck I'm trying to say. No, but it's it's the Hammond organ. It, it brings yeah. a whole other feel to the Beatles. It's a whole other side of the Beatles that they never didn't explore. It's really like it's just this song is driving a lot more. It's like it's faster. The beat is a little bit more picked up. It doesn't have all that, you know, it's not psychedelic as much as yeah. some of the other stuff that they came out with this era. It was they were inventing psychedelic, you know. They were before when psychedelic was hip, they were already moving on to something different. You know? Um, let's move on to something different. We're always there, but this is something, something different. The George song, something. This is as Frank Sinatra said, this is his favorite Lennon and McCartney song. And it's a George song. Hmm. We know how yeah. much he loved rock and roll. And here you go. Oh, yeah. I don't want to leave now. You know I believe in how. Something in a smile she knows. But I don't need no other lover Something in her style that shows me I like that a lot. Yeah. Dude, I'm sure he wrote that for his wife, Patty, right? And what kind of woman gets two awesome songs written after her? Layla and something. Man, she must have been one hell of a woman. That's how shit was. We're almost there, okay. pal. But we got yep. two more. Um, their version of Come Together is pretty bluesy on this. Yes. This yes. version. Yes. Here you go. Let's listen to this one. Yeah.
There's something. There's been a couple songs where like he's singing and he his s's are like she comes together. Like it's I don't know, man. There's something. There's something going on there. You like how he pronounces s's? Yeah, like maybe it's how he. Well, no, I don't. Like he's such. He was such on heroin. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I I dig. I dig his um aggression that he's using as he's singing this song. Yeah, and he's in between. He's going shoot. Like you know, like yeah. Instead of the whatever the the just the sound that comes that he shoot, you know the yeah yeah. That's in the studio version. He's like clapping along the aggression. Yeah. All right, kid. We got one more song, and uh, sometimes you just gotta let it be. 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 Whisper words of wisdom, let it be When all the broken-hearted people living in the world agree There will be an answer, let it be Although they may be parted, there's still a chance for them to see I like that too. I like that a lot. so stripped down. I mean, I like that more than I like the uh, album version. Never a big fan of the album version. I like that little bit. I I like that song because it is. Yeah. I like with just Paul with like a uh, with the piano, but I like that version a little bit more without said all the production knocked off of it. I just think it's such a sad fucking song, and it's the breaking up of the Beatles. You know, that's how I look at it. Um, did you see that thing on Disney that? peter jackson made well he just i haven't watched it yet dude it's fucking sad like it's basically watch the beatles break up by mickey mouse the let it be movie is the original right peter jackson took from he just took the extra footage from the let it be movie and the let it be movie was just them recording the album uh they were like coming up with reality and uh it didn't work for them, whatever. But, you know, that song came out of it. But uh, the Peter Jackson thing, it was really depressing. It just reminds me of how John Lennon was such a junkie. He looked like it, like in some of it, like he just looked like he was so stoned and like sad, hmm. sad. I am so woefully behind on <laughs> all the documentaries that I need to watch. I just, uh, you know, I, I think with my wife having knee surgery, we're going to be watching a lot of television the next couple months. So we'll be catching up on a lot of this stuff. Well, I have a lot to suggest. So, you know, you, uh, dude, I have a list. You like you've been giving me over the last two years of shit that I need to watch. So I think the Tina Turner one is the next one we're going to have but. to watch. Definitely watch what love's got to do with it. Yeah, that's on our that's near the top of our list. We need yeah. to watch. So. But I hope everybody enjoyed the anthology thing we just did. Do you think so? I was, I was listening to this. Do you think that these are. Would you enjoy this if you weren't a Beatles fan or do you think you need to be a Beatles fan to enjoy this? No, if you like simple stripped down stuff. No, I don't think so. I, I think I agree. I also think, though, that you're not going to listen to it if you're not a Beatles fan, right? If you're yeah. like, okay, I'm, if I'm not a diehard, I'm not going to listen to all their outtakes and shit like that. But I agree. I think if you're into like early rock and roll or you just like hearing, uh, again, just stripped down versions of the stuff, this is worth checking out. I mean, the Beatles, 
they they're so mysterious and so whatever you know mystical and they're legendary just to have a show about their outtakes was fun for me and you know i hope our listeners had fun listening to something different than just these same old beatles songs these are different versions well and the crazy thing too is like all these albums like this is within 10 years is less than 10 years that they were together right i mean you know the quarry man and shit were from the 50s but you know they're when they were making studio albums it's it's amazing less than 10 years that they did all this work they were workhorses then of course absolutely especially nobody nobody yeah nobody does that anymore maybe taylor swift mccartney uh paul mccartney is a workhorse that's was shown through the whole anthology man it showed how hard he worked not that the other dudes didn't but paul was the driving force behind the beatles i shit later on right later on later on you know his solo stuff and he was making things into his in the 2000s he had all these different you know the flaming pie project and the fireman all all this all this shit he was always doing incredibly prolific yeah george had some great albums too and and ringo just had a great time for the last 60 years (laughs) he put together a great band and just kept going on the road with all his friends yeah i've seen them it's fun peace and love peace and love (laughs) I've never seen him. I've, I saw McCartney in concert, and it was like, holy shit, that's one of the Beatles yeah. that I'm watching. Yeah. Yep. Totally cool. Yeah. I sat real close when I seen him, and I was like, I'm good. I'm never going to have to see him ever again. It's like, awesome. I, you, know, you can't get any closer than I did. It was amazing. Yeah, it just blew my mind when I saw it. So, All right, man. Let's move on to the back half of the show. <laughs> Second thought. So I talked at the last episode about how that one rap dude had the first hip hop album and it took until July till there was a hip hop album. And I said I would go back and look and I was like, well, what the hell's been number one for the whole year? So I did. I went and looked at it. So there's a um, just like an RB singer named SZA, S-Z-A. She's OK. She's all right. But she's had a number one album for eight weeks. Morgan Wallen, he's a country singer. He's had the number one album for 15 weeks. There's been two different Korean boy bands, Tomorrow X Together and Stray Kids. They've been had a number one album. A Latin artist named Carol G had a number one album. And then Taylor Swift has had two different albums. And then I saw that Taylor Swift, her new album, her latest album, when it said she was re-recording her stuff to get out of her record contract. Her last album came out with, uh, it sold 716,000 copies in a week, which is like mind-blowing yeah. today so yeah so i went back and did said I, I looked up all the billboard charts and dug into that so i also got some other listener feedback so we got some feedback on the most recent episode about women who rock so dude we we missed a whole bunch of people oh and my we heard god about it. and oh, we yeah. knew it we said it when we were doing it we're like we know about everybody christ so Dan from Boston, he's written this before. He's a friend of mine from high school. He's like, oh, my God. Oh, man, not talking about Sleater Kinney as a massive oversight. And I was like, dude, yeah, you know what? We missed Bonnie Raitt, Hailstorm, Pussy Riot, L7, Bikini Kill. We could we could have done a four-hour show. So Yeah. Maybe you know. we'll do another show sometime. Right. All good. All, all good. Valid points. We got some feedback on. We talked in the music news about people doing um, AI to do to Elvis doing Baby Got Back. So Terrible. Mary W. 
3643 said, I enjoy the Elvis version. I wish it was the full song. And then Marco Genovese, 8570 on YouTube said, um, well, you know, he didn't play the full song because he's trying to, he doesn't want to get turbo sued. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I also found it was like, you know, that guy did Johnny Cash doing Barbie girl. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you, dude. It's just, no. Yeah. Fuck that shit. Um, and then the last comment we got on our last episode was Texas Eagle 9087 comment in our discussion about Sister Rosetta Tharp and Big Mama Thornton. They're like, thanks, guys. This is awesome. So right thank on. you very much. So keep on um, listening. Yeah. You know, I had another one more second thought that kind of popped in my mind. So yesterday I went and saw a David Bowie tribute band. Oh, yeah. Perform my wife and I like a local park. And they were um, it was a band called Starman. And they went through Bowie's uh, career and every he the guy dressed in all the different characters and oh, wow. would sing the songs. And I was like, oh, you know, he did like Halloween Jack and then he, you know, the thin white Duke. Who is a better front man in your mind, Bowie or Jagger? Wow. Or is that a whole nother show we need to do? It just popped on my head last night. I'm like, oh, I'm going to ask Ryan if uh, I think. I think the Stones had better songs than than uh, David Bowie. I agree, but frontman presence. Who do you think was better? Bowie. And I don't know. I, I could. It depends on my mood. Bowie was I, an, Bowie was an, an alien from another world. Yeah, and Jagger's just a money whore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah, I was just I was watching the guy dress as the thin white duke and he was doing all the dancing and I was like, man, like yeah, I of course it's not Bowie, but I was like, man, Bowie was really charismatic on the stage and I was thinking about like, oh, he did this thing with Jagger and I don't know. All right, that's was, cool. I seen him in concert, he was great. Bowie? Yep. Cool. All right, so music news. I got three things. One, uh Paul McCartney is this is topical. Paul McCartney is doing a podcast called McCartney a, a Life in Lyrics. Where each episode he's just going to talk about one song, and <laughs> like he, we just we he's doing our show. We just did right, show. right. We're going to sue him. He's just going to talk about one song and like all the work behind it. And he said he's going to do Beatles, Wings, his solo work. So I'm like, dude, I'll listen to that man. Him talking about breaking apart his songs. That's cool. Wings. I can't wait to hear the Wings stuff. They suck. <laughs> Real. I'm I'm joking. Wings is Wings is like the worst. Maybe I won't listen to every episode, but uh, certain things. You know, hey man, he wants to talk about Let It Be for forty minutes. I'll listen to that. So no, I'll, definitely, I'm interested. I'll even listen to like Band on the Run for an hour. I don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah, I'll listen to him talk about the stories behind it. So yeah. Um, two other stories. One was Tracy Chapman is the first black woman to be the sole songwriter of a number one country hit because Luke Combs covered uh, Fast Car. Hate that song. Have you heard the, the cover version of it? And I'm good. I don't need to hear it. No? Okay. You want to play it for me? Oh, I'll play 30 seconds of it. Yeah. I, it's okay. not bad. Here. Play me 30 seconds of it. Let me skip it. Won't have to drive too far. Just to cross the border and into the city. And you and I can both get jobs. Finally see what it means to be living. All right. I'm good. All right. I, I like Luke Combs, but. Dude, oh my God. That's. I didn't think that song could be any more of a bummer until now. It is a depressing as shit song. And I remember yes. when we worked in a music store, our manager loved Tracy Chapman and used to play I her. I love all Tracy the, Chapman, man. I want to hear Tracy Chapman. And then the last one, breaking news, man. I said, Nate O'Connor passed away. Did she really? 
Yeah. When? Oh, you did look at that. Really breaking news. When? Uh, Just now? Not, not is... since four hours ago? No. Yeah, today. I, I had like four thirty. Oh well, I've been at the yeah, fish yesterday. concert for the last two days, so I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on in the world. Oh, shit, the Titanic sunk? Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, if it wasn't at the fish concert, I don't know what happened. Okay. Yeah, she uh police were called to eleven eleven eighteen AM to her house and they found her unresponsive. She was pronounced dead at the scene. Her death is not being explored as being suspicious. So I have no idea what was going on. I don't know anything about she was a great Irish woman, but she was she was also a shitbag. I didn't like what she did with the Pope. Everybody has their own little thing, but what she did on my TV with the Pope, she you know, she she, I don't know. It didn't sit well. I don't know a lot of her music. You know, I know the cover the Prince song. I know Prince wrote that song for her to start out with. I knew she that happened and I knew she, she I think she lived a relatively troubled life the last yeah. 10 15 years but um man I remember she played that Bob Dylan concert back in the 90s and it was right after she tore a picture up of the pope and all Madison Square Garden booed her mm. and like Chris Chris Christopherson standing there and like hugging her and she's like crying I'm like what the fuck do you want dude right she she's probably tortured torture soul i don't know i hope she gets the peace and her rest yeah i dude and well, she did it on saturday live and then right after when phil hartman pretended to be frank sinatra and wanted to get yeah. like oh that was great <laughs> it was one of the best moments yeah. of all time yeah all right so yeah she she passed away so all right so let's move on to the electric chair that's where we kill a song for being terrible and uh you got something this week dude in honor of this huge Barbie movie that's out. I say we send Barbie girl to the electric chair. Uh, man, we've we've got some listeners that are really like that. So, you know, the Blue Meanie. Oh, well. Mrs. Meanie. Yeah, Mrs. Meanie is a really big fan of this. I see her on Facebook talking about it all the time. I'm sure they play the hell out of this song in that movie. Uh, this is such a... I don't know, man. This is like... 90s it reminds me yeah, of the 90s yeah right it's like right every 90s we did our episode on like the music in 1993 at one point i was gonna play like all these different dance songs all at the same time because they all have the exact same beat yeah this is like uh i remember it coming out and how big it was ace of bass on steroids don't tell me aqua 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 yeah i remember the cover I do. People are getting all dressed up. I, we haven't had a prisoner to rock and roll night yet, where we get all dressed up in pink and no. go watch this movie. But I, I have no. These, I I couldn't fucking care less about that movie. I have uh, friends of mine that come to the bar. They're three beautiful girls. They're really nice girls. Really, really, really gorgeous. And they went to see the Barbie movie, and they all got dressed up in pink and like all dolled up like Barbie. I thought that was so cute. I don't know. If I wanted to be Ken and not have male genitalia, I would have stayed married to my first wife. <laughs> you know, it's just like, hey, no, no, thanks. If Mar- Margot Keddy wants to come and like be my Barbie, no problem. Right? Maybe the warden went and saw it. I don't know. With a, maybe Omar went Vaseline. and saw it. Maybe, what like, a thing of Vaseline. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Pee Wee Herman in the back of the theater. 
I wonder where. Uh, leave, leave him alone. Leave the warden alone. Omar, I don't know if you get American movies. Oh, Omar. In in India, maybe I don't like. Is this a thing? I have no idea. But I know seems... India's India's got its own like movie industry with Bollywood oh, yeah. and shit. But yeah, that shit's really fun. It looks right. fun. They all are an... happy. They're always right. happy. They're always dancing. But, you know, it's great. Maybe there's a Bollywood version of the Barbie song. I don't know. I'm maybe sure there else. is. Maybe, maybe it Omar sounds like a Bali. It sounds like a Bali song. Uh, you know what's funny too is like I've got this album open in front of me as I'm listening to it, and all these songs have like millions and millions of plays. And I couldn't, oh, of course, uh, you know, you can say you're gonna you're gonna shoot a kitten in front of me unless I can name two songs by this band. I have no idea. Yeah, they're probably all equally terrible. All right, why don't we just fucking kill this and. We sentence you to death. Uh, <laughs> we we could have went through the whole catalog and played some more versions of this song. Oh, uh, there's probably remix and the super oh, there is, mix. Yeah. And I the, see it. Yeah, I see. There's like a Spanish remix. I see all kinds of other. And then, yeah, okay. See, that's why we send it to the electric chairs. The '90s had some weird. We could do a show on like weird '90s novelty songs, like Cotton Eye Joe. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Man, always thinking, always thinking, Bruce. You always got to be thinking ahead, man. All right, so that's it for episode 67. Dude, thank you so much for listening to us for a couple hours. We talked in the Beatles catalog. If you were a Beatles fan. Go and check out the anthology albums. They're all on your streaming platforms. You can go watch the documentaries. You can go get the book. Or if you just want the quick and dirty, you can just go check out the episode playlist that Ryan put together. There's a link to it in the show notes. And while you're in the show notes, you can go there and find all kinds of cool stuff like links to our website, our email address, our social media pages, and a map to McCusker's Tavern in Philadelphia in case you're in town and want to stop by. Chances are pretty good that the warden is in there. You can stop in and ask him for an autograph. But he probably locked his keys in his car, so you might have to help him get a ride home. I heard that he went to a what he went to a Phillies game and locked his keys in his That's car. That's what I heard. Do you and expect anything less from him? That's why he's a warden. The warden. <laughs> He'll sign some autographs for everybody. Get some warden I'm, memorabilia. I'm gonna get an autograph on my arm and get it tattooed. <laughs> We're going to get the, the Warden bobblehead dolls made. We're going to get our uh, merchandising team on that. So. Instead of the head bobs, the thumbs bob. <laughs> <laughs> Pointing himself. Bam. Oh, Aw, the Warden. All right. We'll be back with another episode soon, man. Thanks so much for listening to us. We'll talk to you soon. All right, yo. Keep on rocking. Peace out. Oh, just a prisoner. to achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? 
Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.